Jess. And I'm Mel. And this is Chocolate Chocolate Jam. So I am feeling quite dusty today and I am completely covered in glitter because Mm -hmm. we went to the Mardi Gras parade. Excellent. It was. It was excellent. So this year was the 40th anniversary or the 40th Mardi Gras in Sydney, which mm-hmm. is fantastic, and also the first one since marriage equality. Yes, big one. Huge one. Very big one for our family because my sister-in-law was marching this year with her fiancé. <laughs> They're getting married in a few weeks, which is mm. very, very exciting. We'll be at that wedding. Very good stuff. Yes. We will be at that wedding. And uh, turns out actually heaps and heaps of people I knew were in the parade, which was really exciting. Yeah. I am covered in glitter though. When I left the house yesterday, I had two little smears of glitter, one on each cheek. <laughs> when I got home last night, there wasn't so much glitter left on my face, but there was glitter all over my shoulders. There was glitter all down my back. There was glitter all down my decolletage. And there was glitter on my stomach, which is interesting because I was fully clothed for the whole event. So I'm not really sure how I got so much glitter everywhere. But. Mm. Everything is now covered in glitter. So basically you were just a vat of glitter with a bit of jest thrown in by the end of it. I think everybody was. There was one point at which it was actually literally raining glitter. There was glitter everywhere. Yeah. In the air. That'll that'll do it. It it did do it. Uh, I left the house with one type of glitter on me and I came home with three types of glitter. But, you know, it was such a beautiful experience and I wanted to talk about it because we took the kids which that's that's an interesting thing because that seems like a new thing if I'm not mistaken historically or at least in when I say historically I mean in the last 10 to 15 years the Mardi Gras seemed to be like a nighttime thing big party rave type of thing rather than like a daytime event that well, it was. You can bring the kitties too. It was a nighttime thing. And the parade started at seven. So we did, you know, we went with the kind of knowledge that we wouldn't be able to stay for the whole parade. And right. we didn't, you know, that we would just stay until my daughter declared that she was tired, <laughs> which she did. And, um, you know, at that point, we're going, okay, we have to bail now. And, you know, certainly there was no question of going to any of the, the rave events or the after parties. But we did, we went with a friend and her two kids as well. So we had my daughter and her two children who are six and 11. And the kids had an absolutely amazing time. It was fantastic for them. We did have to have a little talk um, when we first got out of the car and there were kind of guys walking around with um, wearing a lot of glitter and almost nothing else. Um, So we did have a little talk about how the rules of how we dress were going to be different in the parade and that a lot of people would be wearing really unusual clothes or no clothes at all and that that was okay because this is a special celebration for that. Um, So in summary, it was, kids, you're going to see some things. Pretty much. Just go with it. Just go with it. Just go with it. (laughs) And you know what? To their credit, they did. You know, they, they just went, yep, okay, cool. And they just went with it and it was totally fine. And because they were right near the front of the barriers, almost everybody who came past us, the entire parade, came up to them, gave them high fives, gave them things. Um, Sweet. So many things. They got little, like, they came home with, like, glow sticks and flashing toys and soft toys and I don't, like, so many things that people just handed to them. They, you know, Mm. they got 
uh, one of the 78ers came and shook Soph's hand, which I thought was beautiful. They got so many high fives. One woman came up and gave them all a kiss. It was really, really beautiful. It was such a wonderful experience for them. And it was something I was a little bit nervous about, you know, taking kids because, you know, Mardi Gras is a celebration of sexuality. So obviously there is a lot of sexual expression. Mm. And, you know, I try to be pretty honest with my daughter about a lot of things, but she is seven. Yeah. You know, so there is a certain level of age appropriateness. You don't want to go explaining kinks and fetishes to a kid Mm. that age. Yeah. But in the context of the whole thing, it was fine. She just, I just said, look, there's, there's going to be lots of different things. And she took it all in her stride. I think, you know, when you're seven, there's not really any difference between a magnificently made up drag queen and a guy wearing leather. Like, they're just different costumes. Mm. That's all it is. And yeah, it was, it was so beautiful. And it was so wonderful to be there, support my sister-in-law and her partner, work out how many people I knew who were in the parade. Yeah. You know, love those moments where you're looking at a flute and you're like, hey, that's that dude. <laughs> like, that I was mates with a few years ago. That's so cool. <laughs> so it was beautiful. It was such a beautiful, lovely and, and loving experience. Mm. And so whereabouts whereabouts were you in in the whole parade because like i mean it goes for quite it, oh it goes forever of, it's yeah it's like all of oxford street and yeah. up to moore park um we were fairly yeah, wow. early on <laughs> in the route yeah um <clears throat> so just up where kind of riley street and oxford street intersect um and we did that on purpose because mm-hmm. a there's a car park right near there so uh, nice. we could escape when yep. we needed to jet in jet off exactly yep. and also because it was fairly early in the parade route, we could see more of it before Soph got tired and we had to run away. Yep. Which is really important. Yep. And I mean, I think that's the thing with kids, particularly at Soph's age, is, you know, we are starting now to be able to do things. Go out at night. Yes. Take her to the theatre. Very <laughs> exciting. And this was really good because normally I'd just be like, oh, well, we can't go in at night. Yeah. But because, you know, of the, of the nature of the parade, it's not a show where you have to stay for the whole thing. We yeah, just went, sure. well, let's just go until she's tired. Yeah, why not? And you're exactly right. That's that is you're at that point now where you sort of threw the other side a little bit, where the scope is broadening in terms of things that you can do and into the evening. and. Yes. Yeah. I remember when she was about three or four and trying to arrange things socially was just a nightmare oh, no because way. if we were going to someone else's house, it was like, well, that's great, but we have to leave by 6.32 so that we can have a home. <laughs> so we can get home in 28 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, start dear. the bedtime routine. Yeah, you're through it. You're through... I think you're through the worst of that, which is... I think we are. Which is excellent. And it is excellent. And look, I'm the first person to admit I'm not good with small children, I'm not a little kid person Mm. at all. And, you know, whilst obviously I love so very dearly, the older she gets, the more involved I feel like I can Mm -hmm. be Mm -hmm. socially with her. Like, Mm -hmm. not just parenting. Yep. The more relatable. The more relatable. That's Mm -hmm. exactly it. Yeah. Which is lovely. It's so nice to be able to actually do things together and, and hang out and talk about experiences and things because I just don't relate well to small children it's just not something that I'm yeah. good at yeah 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 small children you have to really get it's it's about getting in touch with your inner child and not your 
not in an intelligent way, you know, in a fairly <laughs> silly way. So it's let's make random noises and let's kick our legs in the air and let's do silly things like that. So, you know, about, you know, I run in, I, I saw my nephew before heading over here and he's just barely turned five. And, you know, we were trying to high five with our feet. That was cool. That was what we were doing. Excellent. We were rolling on the rug and high fiving with our feet. And I think that right there is probably why I'm not very good at interacting with small children. And it was, you know, it was my idea. It wasn't even his (laughs) idea. It was my idea to high five with the feet, you know, so, so yeah, there you go. I'm sure it went down very well though. You you overthink, that's your issue with small children. You overthink it. I do. Um, I once, you know, at about three years old, I once entertained your daughter for probably about an hour just making the same stupid noise over and over again. That's pretty... (laughs) (laughs) It was just a noise. It wasn't even a word. And yeah. she just found that hilarious and we did yeah. that for an hour. So. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I'm capable of making the same noise over again for an hour. I just go, yep, that was that was um, a good 30 seconds of fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, my husband is really good with small kids and he says the same thing. He says yeah. it's about getting in touch with your inner kid and kind of just dealing with them on their level. Yeah. Which I get intellectually, but I think that's the problem. Yeah, um. yeah, you get it intellectually. Yeah, it's all right. So I'm a bit more. I'm, 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 I'm better at being naturally silly. So Jess's husband is, and and myself, we're better at being naturally silly than uh, Jess is. So you know, you just got to go. You got to play with your strengths. Yeah, and and, I, I think... and your strength is coming increasingly into the fore as she gets older. Yeah, yes. So that's yes. good. My strength is definitely it's progress in the right direction. All the children. <laughs> yeah. So. Mardi Gras was Mardi a Gras was wonderful experience. Beautiful. And on the topic of queer love, yes. as Mardi Gras is all about, there's been there's been something else that we've been getting into of late. That would be Queer Eye. Queer Eye. And no longer for the straight guy, just Queer Eye. Just Queer Eye, yep. The Netflix reboot of the early 2000s show, mm. 90s. Um, no, I think early 2000s. Early 2000s. The Netflix reboot is... Some of the purest and most joyful mm. television I have seen. It is so I'm loving beautiful. it so much. I was initially... I never really watched the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. I don't know if you did. I never watched it. I did. I did watch it. What, what was your take on it in general? It was a very, very different... Uh, show in the sense that it was a it was a lot more shallow. There was, yeah. um, you know, it was fun. It was yeah. pretty, but you know, these guys would come into these you know hopeless men's lives yeah. and teach them how to um, show their wives' girlfriends a romantic evening. Right, uh, and that that was pretty much the show. You know, they they made them over. They would teach them how to make a dish. They would teach them how to do something nice. They would teach them, yeah. you know, they would make them over and give them a new wardrobe. Yeah. And, and, you know, do something cool with mm, the house. Mm, and and mm. that was kind of it. Like, it was very surface level. Yeah. Um, you know, so I um, was actually living at home when the first Queer Eye for the Straight Guy came out. And it was a family show that we could yeah. watch together. And, you know, it was fun, but it was it was. Fun in the same sense that that show with Jamie Drury, where they like surprise people with new gardens, was show was it was fun was yeah. fun. Um, yeah, like I never watched it, but it seemed like kind of what you're saying. Like it, it seems kind of shallow and a bit silly. Like it was, yeah, hopeless dude 
let's get some sort of magic gay fairies. Yeah, campy yeah. sort of, you know, <laughs> stereotypical kind of campy gay men to make over this hopeless hopeless straight you know, guy silly guy the, the um, sitcom yeah. dad comedian yeah. yeah um like oh you know look how his clothes don't fit him and now you know now they do oh look at you know his hair it's silly and now we've got an awesome haircut on him like uh, that sort of thing which you know like the, that that which has is its fine. place it's fine it has a place but it never really i don't know it was not anything that it's not meaningful i really felt like watching and so you question reboots a lot as a general concept you 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 know, when, when something's a big thing and then they remake it, they reboot it, whether it's a TV show or whether it's, you know, a movie, whatever, it's always a bit like, uh, really? Like, well, you is know, it's necessary. Yeah, it's a bit of a, you know, it's always a bit of a question mark. I think we, I think we proceed with caution sometimes with reboots. Yeah. And I, when I saw that it was being rebooted, I just went, oh, okay, well, you know, the first one was probably this, like, silly, shallow thing. We're I just going to rehash it. I don't really want to... so unexcited by the reboot that I forgot they were doing it. Uh, yeah, initially, I, initially I don't think, before I started yeah, watching it. I don't think it was really... Yeah, I don't think it was really a big deal. There wasn't a massive amount of... Hype. Yeah, about it. And I wasn't... You know, and I'd sort of heard about it, and I saw it... You know, you, saw it, you see it come up on Netflix, and I wasn't really... I wasn't, I wasn't intending on watching it until a friend of ours said guys you, you gotta watch, you like, watch it's, this. it's really sweet it's really sweet and so so i ended up watching it and I, look i had a similar experience one of my um mates writes for junkie the mm-hmm. youth media organization mm-hmm. and he published this a uh, couple of articles yeah one of which was about how beautifully queer eye addresses the issue of masculinity and toxic masculinity mm, mm-hmm. and that was again for me that was the catalyst and I went okay maybe there might be something slightly more to this because yeah. and I have to say I just you know watching it I was blown away it is an amazing show and it is really it's just it's just sweet and it it's genuine yes it it's just beautiful and you know, it's funny how you described the original show, like the, 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 the aspects of the original show. Like, it's got all of that. It does have those things. It is, you know, it's the gay guys coming in and, you know, making over the person and let's give them a cool outfit and haircut and teach them how to cook something and take your partner out somewhere cool. It is all those things. It is. But... But it's more. Yeah, it's a lot more than that. And it's... It's about... It's sweet. It's just sweet. It's, it's, really it's about sweet. the power of positivity and in a self of a sense of of self-love so what these guys do most of all for the men who they make over is they come in and they teach them what's already good about themselves Mm. and they teach them to hold on about those things about themselves that they they already have i mean the first episode with the older guy tom who is so tom is 57 years old i think yeah, it's something about something that. like that, yeah, and yeah. you know, big bushy white beard, larger guy, really mm. red puffy face. Yeah, and, and um, very much with an attitude of just you know, I, I'm I'm past the keys of I'm my a life. Slob, I just don't. I'm just gonna be in my little rut and my little. Yeah, you know, I got my chair, and the chair has an indent of me in it, and that's what my life is a very essentially. Dicky indent. Got, yes, got my little rut. <laughs> yeah. And what they did was they just, they came in and they made a fuss of him. 
you know, they made a big fuss over this yeah. guy and they were like, they, they talked about how sweet his personality was. They talked about, um, you know, and they did talk about some aspects of his physical appearance. They talked about how lovely his eyes were. They talked mm, about the really nice shape yeah. of his face. Yeah. You know, they talked about how much he had to offer the yeah. world. And this guy just came alive yeah. under their attention. Absolutely. And it was so beautiful just to see these men and they're not they're not all stereotypical kind of camp guys. Some of them are pretty camp. Uh, but I think but even but that I, I think it it, it just shows great. the diversity of the gay man as well. Like, you know, that, that thing that whole thing of, you know, you're not just one kinda well, as um, I, I forget whether it was Tan or Karamo says in the third oh, episode, favorites. you know, there's there's not one way to be gay. Yeah, and they really show that they're such a beautiful group. Yeah. of guys. Yeah, and and all of them in their own way demonstrated this power of positivity mm-hmm. and and support mm-hmm. and love. Mm-hmm. And I love how supportive they all are. Yeah. Yeah, and it really is about, it's, you see these people, you know, be transformed really inside and out. And I think that's the key. You know, the whole concept of, well, it's not just about looking, you know, trying to look as good as you can, but it's just also that self-care. It's it's taking care of yourself and acknowledging that you're worth worth it. it. Yeah, you're worthwhile and, you, you know, you're worth taking care of yourself. So it's 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 a beautiful sweet show on that level. But then even on a broader level. Yes. In terms of, you know, like you mentioned, you know, sort of the, you know what ma- what it means to be masculine and masculinity and not that not being necessarily connected to sex or sexuality. Yes. Um yeah. and you know what it you know what it means to be gay to be you know to be diverse in a number of ways whether it's you know sexuality ethnically even what that means in today's world how these things how these how, how these, these concepts intersect. yep yep and exactly. they explore some of those concepts really really well um in the show so they're a couple of the most kind of one of the most famous things that happens on the show is that they make over a somebody who you would describe as a redneck cop mm. um, oh uh, you know, and that was my favorite episode. Of course, as we all know, there are a lot of issues, you know, with tension between yep. the police and the black community in America. Yes. Issues of police brutality, and one of the the actually most manly, if mm. you like, most masculine mm. of the the Fab Five, Karamo, is a black man, and he his interactions with the policemen in you know policemen in that episode are are so interesting right Mm. from the beginning of the episode where he gets pulled over and you can just see in his like that was a really tense moment yeah 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 really genuinely tense moment yeah and you know and there's this amazing scene uh where karamo and um and the guy they're making over are todd no 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 No. anyway the guy they're making over are sitting in the car together and and karamo just straight out talks about how issues of police brutality affect him and Mm. his family. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't try to gloss it over and he doesn't try to make nice. He just says some really uncomfortable things 
and lets them sit there and be uncomfortable. Yeah, I think and he doesn't he doesn't put it out there in sort of like an accusing kind of way. And he speaks he speaks his experience just in the context of that episode in terms of, you know, being joke pulled over and, you know, them playing around at the police cars and things like that. But yeah, he just kind of he just talks about it and you know, in that way <laughs> where people can actually hear each other, just that sort of thing of this is how I felt when this happened. You know, yes. not a, you know, you do this and this is you guys are like this and that, but it's that this is how I felt when this happened. This is how how I feel and this is why I feel how I feel. And then you see the cop, you know, you see the police officer reciprocate that of, you know, well, this is how I feel about some things and let's acknowledge that there is a tension here and that we can't all lump each other in, mm. um, like, like sometimes ends up happening. And yeah, and just that thing of like, okay, this was a conversation. This was a conversation where we could hear each other and understand where we were coming from. And, you know, what was so special about that as well was it in the lead up to that conversation was them actually acknowledging like, hey, even though we should be really different people, we're kind of not that different. Because this is the incredible thing about this season of Queer Eye. Like, it's happening in Georgia. Yes. Which is, you know, very southern. It's very not... It's not the most tolerant of places. Like this is not New York where this is happening. This isn't. This is not. You know, a this place isn't East where... Coast stuff. Like it's it's. You know, it's in the Bible Belt. It's it's it's, it's very firmly in the Bible Belt. You know, it's not not necessarily okay to be gay uh, <laughs> in Georgia, and you know, so we've got this sort of yeah, this you know southern you know red rednecky cop with this gay African American man, and. They're sort of on two sides of this tense, Divide. yeah, this tense issue in in America, and they're connecting as people and understanding each other, you know, on those two opposite sides. Like it's really, in yeah, that, it's really yeah. beautiful. And you know what I love most of all about that is I subsequently learned that they are still friends. Yeah, they that's text just... each other oh, all the time. This that is was they... the best. When you told me that, I was just like, oh my. Because that was, you know, I just, uh, that episode had me crying. And I loved, and, and and this is what I come back to with the genuineness of it. You know, there's they still are in contact. There's still a bond. It's like we respect each other as men. We respect each other as fathers. Like, yes, that's so good. Yes, this is not a moment that was manufactured for reality television. This was a genuine moment yeah. of connection between hu two human beings that we all got to share in. And even that moment, you know, at the end, like towards the end of the episode when they're sort of going, okay, well, we've taught you what we taught you and by now. And Karama saying like how that was really, you know, the car ride where they were talking about all that stuff was really important for him. And then the police officer's like, that was the best moment out of all of this stuff. And you can see them all emotionally. You can see them welling up and they just, you know, oh, they have man. this hug, but they have this bonding moment. It's not the, you know, it's not the let's play this up for TV. It's like, it's that, they're getting emotional like guys get emotional, you know? Like the, yes. uh, uh, there's something in my eye. Uh, like, let's have a quick bro hug. Like, it's just, like, yes, it's so, it's so, I love that because it, it was beautiful. so genuine. It was so genuine. Um, I want to say something else about that episode, actually. Something that happens towards the beginning that I really loved. That probably, it, you know, it's much more subtle than the stuff that happens with, with, with Karama and the, and the, police officer whose name escapes us at the moment but it, and it was actually a moment with tan okay as they were first kind of looking through the house and and looking through all his stuff and they were and they were looking in the wardrobe at his clothes and everything because tan's the guy that you know he's more like he's responsible for the, the fashion and guy. everything the clothes guy the fashion right 
And so one of the things that had happened, so one of the things that was going on for that police officer was, you know, he had a lot of, he had a lot of memorabilia things for certain things that he was interested in that he was kind of hiding away. And one of the things that he had were a bunch of clothes from his dad when his dad passed away. Um, And he was just keeping them in his closet in amongst all his other clothes. And there was this moment, there was, so there was this scene and I just, I, I loved it. On so many levels, I loved it. And I'm going to tell you all the levels that I loved it on because I just want to really talk about this. So there's this scene where... So he's looking... You know, so Tan's in with him in the wardrobe looking through everything. And he's going like, what are these clothes? They don't look like they're your size. What are, you know, these suits, are they yours? And he's going, no, no, no. It's, these are my dad's clothes. And he passed away. And, you know, we were really close. And he's someone that I look up to. And, and, and so you see the police officer getting quite emotional in that moment. And, and I just... Tan was just there empathizing listening he was just there with him in that moment i loved it and he was so kind and so gentle and and then he says to him you know can i give you a hug and i just loved that because it was just he was just there he was connecting with him but he wasn't you know shoving himself in his face like you know asking can i can i give you some support right now can i give you you know because just it was Acknowledging such a that. perfect Really moment. sweet. And then even how he how he handled it after that, because that's a really sensitive thing. Like, that's a really fine line, because you're there for the guy, right? And you're there to make this guy over. And you know, you can acknowledge that, all right, he, you know, him having his dad's stuff there in his wardrobe, it's, it's going to clutter things in crowd. But you don't want to dismiss all of that. Because it's really important right. to him. Yeah, exactly, because he's got that connection there. And the way that... You know, I can't even remember exactly what he says, but just the way that he handled it after that as well to say, you know, he said something along the lines of, you know, I want you to tell me what stuff is your dad's because we want to make sure that you have a place where you can connect with that and you can have a way that you can connect with that. We want to make sure that we're looking after you as well and that you have something that is your own. So we want this space to be your own. And, you know, so how he how he negotiated that how he managed that was just really it was so sensitive yeah it was but it was just really he just really hit the mark he hit the mark and it's a narrow target is yes. what i want to say you know like he just handled it perfectly and just really sweet sincere gentle ah love tan love him he's so good <laughs> he he's is so good he is fabulous well mm. i mean i think it's probably the best episode not that the others aren't also very oh they're good, great as but... well yeah one of the Just moments brings up a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh, so much stuff. One of the moments that really spoke to me was when Bobby, the home makeover guy, who mm. I think actually seems to do the most in every episode. Oh my god, he's so busy. He his approach to to this guy's house, because um, you know that this guy was a. And I, I, I tried to Google this while Mel was talking a second ago, but I just <laughs> do not have his name, so we're just going to call him this guy. Yeah. Um. It, and, and it's so far removed from the original series, which was, you know, as I said, it's a hopeless sitcom, Dad. And this, they show so much respect for the guys that they are making mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. And the the kind of approach at the beginning was this, this guy's part of the house that he lived in and he, well, you know, his mm-hmm. hangout space was the basement. Yeah. So coming into it, you think, okay, they're going to make over the basement. And this that was their plan. Do. You know, and that, and that's that was the, the guy's space, right? And it was a mess. And, uh, yeah. It was such a mess. But what Bobby did was he looked at the whole house and he said, well, maybe the reason you're spending all your time in the basement is because you don't feel like you're represented in the rest of the mm. house. Yeah, doesn't reflect you in any way. And I thought that moment was so 
poignant because it showed so much respect for this guy saying, actually, what's wrong with this place isn't your fault. And it's not mm. even about fault or blame, but yeah. it's saying it isn't because you're a hopeless dude yeah. that there's something wrong with your surroundings. It's because you need to put yourself forward more. Mm. It's because you need to step up more here. Yeah, there's an there's an imbalance. There are an imbalance between parts yeah, of the house. Yeah, and, and inequality. And yeah. so they they made over the house and they brought some of the guys' artifacts up from the basement and they reflected. They they made over the house so that it reflected the whole family. Mm, mm-hmm. And I just love the the thoughtfulness of that and the way that it goes. Okay, well this guy is. You know, it, it's looking after someone holistically as a whole human being. And what are their motivations and what do they need as a human? And I loved that. I thought it was so representative of why the reboot is so different to the original and such incredible television, really. Yeah, it, it, it is really fantastic. And um, just to play devil's advocate for a minute. Because All right, let's, let's go there. I'm going to, I'm going to, there's something that I'm going to get into a, something that's been perhaps a bit of a criticism of Queer Eye because it is a wonderful show and I'm loving it and I love them all. I love all the, I love all of the Fab Five and I wonder what you think about this, but, and it's funny that you mentioned Bobby and you go, oh, he's almost, he's almost the one that does the most work because he's always making over the houses and the spaces and all that. I think I know where you're going I think you might know where I'm going with this um, because like, God love him because he's cute as hell, but Anthony. Anthony. Does what? Can Anthony cook? Can he cook? <laughs> okay, so when we when we started this segment, um, I mentioned my friend um, who writes for Junkie. His name's Patrick Linton. He's a great writer. You should look him up. He, I, I'm like, I'm going to give Patrick credit for this. He started mm. an internet conspiracy. Yeah, I think this is what I might have read uh, as I, well. I think this is where it's come <laughs> from. Um, and it's since been taken up by um, The New Yorker and like uh, several other publications around the internet. Can Anthony cook? It it just... it. There's some question marks because... There's some definite it, question marks. It's sort of... I think the issue is like... He... He see Like he looks... He sort of looks and sounds the part. Like... Oh, you no. know... He, honey, he looks any part you want. Oh uh, yeah, sure, but uh, you know, but even how he talks, like you know, he sounds, you know, it's like yes, we made the tamales, and like you know, he he like pronounces things correctly, and he you know, come on, we want to have like fresh fruit and this and that, like, and that's all. It's it's all good, but you know, then in terms how, of what he's actually, how many ways can you can you prepare an avocado? Uh, yeah, well, it's like you know, we're gonna make a salad, and it's gonna have avocado and grapefruit, and that's it, and it's like okay. So, like, here's a slice of avocado, and here's a bit of grapefruit, and then here's another slice of avocado, yeah, and here's another bit of grapefruit. That's not a salad, and, that's an hors d'oeuvre, and, and it's not even really that. And does it, does it actually require, you know, does it require any cooking as such? And, yeah, I don't know, it's, and, and but then he, but then, you know, he'll, but then he'll cut the avocado in a way that's really cool and interesting, and like, look, this is how I cut it so I get it just right. So it's like, well, you've got some kind of skill... But what is it actually translating into on the plate? So the argument that the Netflix producers of the show and Anthony himself have brought up to this, which is a fair argument, is that, you know, a lot of these guys don't have even what you would call basic cooking skills. Yeah. And so... 
they're trying to make simple things. They're they're trying to just introduce them to the concept of food preparation mm, mm, in a sense, mm, mm. which I get and is fair. But if we take a look at Anthony's Instagram page, oh yeah, oh you've been researching. I haven't done this. No, well, other people some... have been researching, and I've been reading it. Yeah. Um. Well, there you go. That works too. That's yeah. Research. <laughs> if we take a look at Anthony's Instagram page. Has he actually produced evidence of cooking anything <laughs> himself? He makes some really beautiful cheese platters. <laughs> like, really beautiful cheese platters. The guy knows how to shop for cheese. But here's the thing. I'm also really good at shopping for cheese. And I can arrange them, okay, not as nicely as Anthony can, but pretty nicely you a nice on a cheese plate. You've, you've made a nice cheese platter. I've, I've made some nice cheese platters. I would in no way make pretensions to be any kind of cooking expert. Like, as we speak, I don't know if the microphone is picking it up, but there's some banging happening in the background. That's my husband cooking dinner for our family for the week because if it's up to me, we eat toast. Mm. Um, so... You're a great cake and baker type person. Thank though. you. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to interject there because I... I'll take exception to that and say you are excellent at baking and making desserts and, <laughs> and things like that. Well, but, thank you. But yes. But the savory dishes, um, you the know, meals, the meals, the meals. Yeah. Like I can, I can assemble one under duress. Yeah, you can. Know? You can cook to feed yourself. But I, I won't poison people. But you know, you wouldn't say that you're a chef that could then teach others to make amazing meals. Kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah. I, you know, my cheese platter assembly skills do not translate. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, if I were a member of the Fab Five, I would be the. I don't know. Oh, God, I, there's a there's a question. Maybe Who I'd be, be maybe I'd five? be Karamo. Because you know Damn. he's he's pretty much a life like a life coach. I was gonna say maybe I'd be Karamo. We're both see. This we're is the problem. Karamo. <laughs> both Karamo. <laughs> <laughs> both also, we're also both Miranda on Sex in the City. But you know what are you gonna do? Ah <laughs> oh, dear. That's why we get along, Jess. It is. That's definitely why. <laughs> That's why we get along. But yeah, so so can Anthony cook? Can Anthony maybe, cook? One maybe of the not. great mysteries of the late 2010s. Yeah. So I guess yeah. we'll see. Um, as more of the Queer Eye show unfolds, we'll see. We'll see what happens if we get any clarification on that. On, on whether or not Anthony can, in fact, cook. But you know what Anthony can do? He can, like, smile oh, adorably. Yes. Yes, he can. He he's, really can. He really can. He's very sweet. He's a beautiful smile. He he is he is a beautiful everything. And he's quite the darling. Yes, he's beautiful everything, but he's quite the darling. Although um, I have to say, and only because we haven't mentioned him yet, my favorite <laughs> is Jonathan. <laughs> I want him to be my best friend and follow me around oh, and braid my hair and shout Jonathan. yes when I do things correctly yes. because I love him. I have he is a beautiful, like, yeah. angel pixie, and he yeah, is. he's just he gorgeous. Is. He is. I have to say, I I didn't I didn't gel with him initially. I was just like, oh, I don't know. He seems like he seems like too much almost initially. But I say that, but as I've kept watching the show, yeah, I, yeah, I've grown to love him absolutely. He's just joyful and sweet, and he's doing his thing, and good on him. Like, well, you know what he's I mean? Just so himself yes he is what he is and he owns it yeah and he's just joyful yes and he's yeah absolutely so joyful. and 
he did something, and actually, I think I think this is the same episode. I think we keep coming back to the same episode, it but is the I best think episode. it's even the same episode. <laughs> what I loved that he did, and I think he really won me over with this, was how he incorporated. I think they were doing because he he does the grooming. Yeah, the grooming. That's right. So you know, do your hair and you know, looking after your skin and all that kind of stuff. And he incorporated the police officer's kids into what he was doing and he was like let's have it be you know daddy daughter bonding time and let's make the scrubs and you know making the body scrubs together and i'm just like oh bless you man like that is so beautiful that's he was really so wonderful he is really good with kids in all of them yeah they were kids yeah so good with kids and i just and that that was so wonderful and that's what i mean about it it's like it's not just about oh let's do this so we can like make ourselves look good but it was about let's bond and do this together and let's let's do something meaningful here that's what i love about it and that's yeah and jonathan you know absolutely did that and they all do that they all do that in their own way yeah it's really 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 wonderful and i like yeah that that thing as well like it's not just it's not just queer eye for the straight guy it's 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 just queer eye it's just queer eye and and how they've you know they've 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 made it about lots of different kind of people so it's the the guy that seems like a bit of you know loner type guy or it's the guy that's married with you know the six kids or it's the guy that it's the it's the older guy it's the younger guy it's the gay guy it, you yeah. know it's it's you know let's make over the guy in the context of his workspace and not even at home like it's it they've really done a lot of things with and it in a relatively short amount of episodes that's good episode it's cool it's interesting with the Firemen was so you know almost everything I've read has talked about what a bland episode that was and yeah okay really? yes and this is the thing like I mean there were some so many standout episodes in this incredibly short season there's only eight episodes in yeah, total yeah and so many of them stand out so I can see why the fireman one is not a favorite but what they did in that space in the fire station just that concept and again and you know and this is a bobby one again Mm. um i think i'm talking myself around to bobby being my favorite yeah (laughs) (laughs) what they did was they went well these guys work so hard they're here for so long they have to be on call all the time Mm. this needs to be a space where they can relax and they can't do that if it feels like a workspace yeah so they made it a home space yeah and they made it a home space that was appropriate for all of them. Um, I love the way they kept the table that they'd made. Yeah. So these guys had made this absolutely gorgeous table and they kept that as a centerpiece mm-hmm. and made this space a functional living, working living space so they could genuinely relax, yeah. unwind, debrief, because yeah. that was obviously a really big and important part mm-hmm. of what they did. Mm-hmm. You know, in between their job of of saving people's lives, Mm. which, you know, let's not underestimate the importance of that. And, you know, okay, maybe the the makeover bit of it wasn't as exciting because the guy didn't really need much of a haircut and, um, you know, it was just some slightly smaller clothes, but... The, Although that, the cross. that oh that was gonna say <laughs> that episode my favorite line ever. Tan looks at the Crocs and he goes, "Okay, so these are giving up on life shoes." <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> they are. Don't wear Crocs. Don't. My yeah. God, people. There we go. That's your, your oh. PSA for this episode. Don't wear Crocs. Don't wear Crocs. Apparently, they're very comfortable. I wouldn't know. I've never tried. Uh, oh. cool. It's way too much of rubber. Anyway. So, uh, I guess the message here is go and watch Queer Eye Mm, because um, it is, you know, it's it's really, I think it really reflects 
where a lot of people are at in 2018, which is, you know what? The world is kind of a bit shit. Mm. So many horrible things are going on. Let's all focus on being good to each other and celebrating the joy in life. And and I'll, I'll just add to that go and watch Queer Eye and say, go and watch Queer Eye even if you think you're not the kind of person that would watch Queer Eye. Like, even if you think it's not your thing, go and watch Queer Eye because you might be very surprised. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 So this segment. Okay. Yep. Segment. We've got a new segment. We have a new segment. Uh, of course, we have a new segment. It's a new show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all new. This segment is called Jam Linguistics. Jam Linguistics. I am extremely excited about Jam Linguistics. So what we're doing with Jam Linguistics, what it's all about is we want to educate ourselves. We're thinkers. We want to consider things beyond our... Experience. Little, yeah, our experience, our little, our little part in the world. And Jam Linguistics kind of speaks to that because what it's all about is we pick a random country, or should I say a random language of a country that is not English, and we find five words or phrases mm-hmm. that maybe don't translate directly into English or are just kind of awesome and could really enhance our <laughs> vernacular. Yeah, so we're going to look at these these words, and we're going to try and say these words, and we're going to struggle miserably to say these words, I think. We're going to fail horribly. We're going to fail horribly. And then define... I'll, I'll, I'll give you the definition of the word, and then we'll talk about how it could potentially... <laughs> How we can incorporate it into our everyday speech. How we, how okay. we can enhance our speech. So, so we're just going to see where it goes. Now, I have not seen these words. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't even know what language we're doing today. Yeah. So there's jam linguistics. It's my baby and I'm very proud of it. And I just, I just went, oh my God. Okay. Random, random. My brain just went random, random country, random language, random language, random language. And I came up with Lithuanian. 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 That's, that's what we're doing. Anyone who knows Mel thought, ah, oh, she's going to go for Italian. She's going to go for Spanish, German, French. She's a Western Europhile. No. Lithuanian. We're going kind of Baltic. Okay. Whatever. All right. Let's, um. Yes. And I briefly thought about Polish, but I'm just, you know, I need to build up to those C C Z Y. Oh my god! You know those those little subsections, the like I don't even know, but I need to build up to that. So we're gonna start off with Lithuanian. I've got five words or one's kind of like a little phrase. Okay. Um, Hit me. Yes. So I've kind of I'm gonna go in order of just I'm just saving my favorite to last. So let's just put it that way. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it to you. You, you try and read it. <clears throat> read it, Jess. Oh my god. <laughs> So Mel has just handed me a piece of paper with some letters on it. Um, okay. How might you say that? I don't know the answer, just so you know. I can't tell you how tempted I am to just go and get my husband. I might actually no. do that no. after we've done it, after we've done this, to, to pronounce them properly for us. Okay. Vabz... Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Vabzulianus. 
Nope. Vab's Julianus. Yeah. That's as close as Vab's Julianus. <laughs> That's actually bad. <laughs> I was looking at that and going, hmm, Vab's Julianus. Vab's Julianus. Vabzudulinas. <laughs> you know, you're talking about your CZYs, but you've got a BZD right BZD. there. BZD. BZD, guys. You, you talk about not de- jumping in the deep end. Come this, on. My friend is a D-band. This is, well, we don't, want any, we don't want anything too easy, do we? Well, no. That's, no, that's no fun. Come on. Vabzudulinas. So, all right. Vabzudulinas. So, what does vabjdulinus mean? Okay, so it is essentially a place crowded with tourists. Um, oh. I want to say that, I want to mention that I've, sorry, I forgot to mention, uh, I have fact-checked this because I've gotten Excellent. these lovely words from a random website. Let me just throw a link out there. It's theculturetrip.com because I'm not looking in, I'm not looking to steal content, but you know. How, yep. else do you, how else do you find random words? You check Thank them out you, on the internet. Culturetrip.com. Thank you, culturetrip.com. And I have fact-checked this with mm-hmm. Google Translate. Okay, Google Translate. And that's about as fact-checked as we can really get at this at this moment. So, yeah, so it's uh, yeah, a place crowded with tourists. I think the literal translation is like crawling with insects, but it's used in that context of uh, crowded with tourists. So when you're unable to walk freely due to tourist overcrowding... Um, so, you know, you might say, like, oh man, Bondi Beach. Bondi Beach. Vabzdulinas. Vabzdulinas. Yeah. Um, Mardi Gras. Ugh. I could not get through the city while Mardi Gras was on because it was just Vabzdulinas, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. I couldn't cross Holy right. crap. That's a good word. Yeah, that's... It's a very good word. No, we're I'm... just getting started. We've got another four. Okay, all right. All right, hit me. So that's, so that's, 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 Okay, so, next word. Oh, no, okay, so there's little, like, symbols over the letters <sighs> and under the letters, and I don't know what they, what, I don't know either. What does it mean when you have a V on top of a Z? It's, it's like a little, a z- z- sound? Who knows? And why is there a C under because the Because there's a, there's a little, yeah, because oh, that's God. how it's written. I don't know. Okay, well, I'm just gonna, okay. Nakajga. Nakaj yeah, Nakajga. That was basically where I went as well. Nakajga. So just just so you know, it's it's N-E-K-A-Z-K-A. And there's like a little accenty thing on top of the, the Z. Z. And there's like a little accenty thing underneath the second A. So Nakajka. Nakajka. I think. Nakajka. Okay. Let's just go with that. Nakajka. So Nakajga. It is youth slang in Lithuanian, apparently. Right. So a younger sort of younger slang, your slang used by youngsters. Um, It's a word to express disappointment. Um, So it's considered. uh, It it perfectly describes a terrible situation. For example, one student asking another, "How is the exam?" The answer: "Ooh, Nikajka." Hmm. Nakajka. 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 Bad. Yeah. Nakajka. It's a good word. How's work today? (laughs) Nakajka. Okay, I think I'm going to start using that. Nakajka. Nakajka. No idea if that's the actual pronunciation. pronunciation. No idea what those symbols mean. Um, But 
why not? Let's just go with it. There you go. If any Lithuanians want to let us know how we pronounce these words, please. please Do you know how to pronounce foreign words? Come and come and pronounce them for Mm. us. All right, let's go. All right. Next word. Okay, so this has got some vowels in it. Lots of vowels. Which is a nice change yeah, from first the word consonants. Was ab- absence of vowels. This yes, this lots is of vowels. All the vowels. So I found all the vowels from the first word. Yes, they're in here. here okay. <clears throat> now, see, so this has got an i e i in it. An i e i. I e e. Okay. Nepri. Nepreinamas. 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 So it's like an unreachable person, um, but in the context of like love and seduction. So it's 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 like when someone tries really hard to seduce another, but to no avail. So it's like the other side of the friend zone. Yeah. So if you've tried to, you know, if you if you've tried to seduce someone, um, and to you know to someone that you loved, and it went unrequited, Lithu- Lithuanians would say that they were not not. Pr- Neprienima. <laughs> Neprienama. So it's this unreachable kind of thing. And there's uh-huh. an emphasis on like in just that you can't you can't get to the person that you love. Right. Neprienama. So, you know. So now that's an interesting one if we're gonna talk about how we integrate that into Brilliant. our kind of language because it is um you know, as a as a feminist, I have a lot to say about the concept of the friend zone and the ridiculousness of the friend zone. And I actually really like this because it takes the, um, it kind of takes the relationship away from, you know, women are for sex and makes it a much more general, sometimes you have feelings for a person mm. that can be unrequited. So I actually, yeah. re- I like this a lot better than the, the stupid concept of the friend zone. It's like, what, you know... You don't want to be my friend? Am I am I not like worthy of friendship? Is that not a good thing that I want to be friends with? You mm. know, like I, I hate that concept. So I really like this because it's about the way this particular relationship is going rather than how gender relations go in terms of what what a woman is good for. So there we go. I like this word. No. Just just likes Neprienamas. Neprienamas more than she likes Babzudulinas because it has more meaning and more vowels. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell. I like vowels. Vowels are good. Vowels are good. And now, okay, this is leading us to our last couple. Okay, all right. These are my favourites. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you the next one here. Okay. Can you just give that a read? Okay. Akimir. Okay, so the first part is Akimir, which we're, okay. we're cool. We can do that. Okay, and then the second half of the word. This is one word. One word. I just had to break it up because I can't even. Um, ksnins. Okay. Akimir ksnins. Akimir. I don't know if it's the correct accent. I don't know if that's the accent, but yeah, there's an accent. I really like the sound. I like the It's cute. It's a cute sound. Wait, you know what? 
Akimixnans. I think I think you're gonna like this one. I think you can get some good use out of this one, Jess. Okay. Um, I love this. I love the irony. Oh God. Of this word. Okay. So Akimixnans. It it is a word that means a very short period of time. It's most equivalent to a blink of an eye. So it's this very it's fast. It's rapid. <laughs> this is an example of. A mother wanting her kids to help her right away might say, Akimixnur. So, just imagine that. You're in a rush. Things are frantic. And you have to get your mouth around that. Sarah, come here. Akimixnens. Well, I can certainly see the utility for that. Um, but yeah, Aki Merzknins. Honestly, I, by I the love time that, I've said it, I could have done whatever it is. That's what I'm, I mean. I love that it's, it's... That's wonderful. It means, like, blink of an eye, short, rapid period of time, and it I, takes about five hours to say. I love that. I love words with inherent irony in them. <laughs> like the fact that lisp has an S in it. Why? Why does lisp have an S in lisp, it? Lisp, yes. Yes. It's just cruel. Yeah, it is. It is. Lisp. Stutter. Stutter. I know. It's so hard if you have one. Yeah. Akimixnins. Akimixnins. <laughs> also difficult to say if you have a lisp or a stutter. <laughs> or if you're laughing. Um, Alright, Mel. What's all the right, last, last one? Last one is actually a phrase. Oh, wow. Okay. And it sort of it's seems to rhyme. Four words. Is that a smudge or is it a dot on no, the E? No, that is a very That's purposeful a dot, on, dot the okay. on the E. So the first word is Nemesk. Mm-hmm. Can do that. Kelio? 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 Yep. Kelio. Kelio. Mm. Del. I hope. I don't know. Sure. The, the E's got a That's thing on it. That's what I'm going with. Yeah. The E's got, yeah, the E's got a little dot on the top and Del, but, you know. Kelio. Kelio. Nemesk. Kelio. Del. Kelio. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. So I got them. I got them individually, and then I tried to say it all, and I fell over. That was that was a um, linguistic face plant mm. right there. Nemesk Helio del Tachelio. <laughs> and what does that mean? Nemesk Helio del Tachelio. <laughs> Arriba. Yeah. No. Not Lithuanian. Um, yeah, Lithuanian. Spanish. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't. I don't know. Anyway, that's why I want to go to Lithuanian because I don't know. Um, <laughs> so. Do you want do you want the literal translation? The I would literal love meaning the, first? Yes. Or the sem, like the semantic no, what no. it actually means? Let's go literal. Let's go literal first. Alright. Nemesk Kelio del Takelio. Literal meaning. Literal meaning. Don't throw a road for a smaller road. Don't throw a road for a smaller road, Jess. I wasn't gonna. <laughs> So I'm guessing this is a proverb. Um, what's the what's the intent behind the proverb? So, its meaning mm-hmm. beyond the literal mm-hmm. is you know something along the lines of don't don't give up your dreams, don't give up on your goals for momentary pleasures or distractions. So okay. don't don't big don't give up on your big you know your big goal your big dream right, for right. something in the moment. So don't don't throw a road for a smaller road, Jess. Don't throw a road for a smaller road. I I will try to keep that in mind. So okay, so it's about instant gratification and 
Keep your eye on the prize. Yeah, eyes on the prize. Eyes on the prize, Violet. Eyes on the prize. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's cool. So, you know. Okay. Like, if if I'm trying to lose weight. I'm, try- I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to diet or something, and then I'm like, man, I just want to, I just want to destroy a tub of ben-, ben and Jerry's. It's like, hey, hey, wait. Eyes on the prize. Nemeskelio del Takelio. Yes. Don't throw, don't throw a road for a smaller road. Yes. Um, if, if I really want to look at my phone late at night, but I am trying so hard to be disciplined about no screens before bedtime. Mm-hmm. Don't throw a road for a smaller road. Don't throw a road for a smaller road. I love how that we've just like automatically gone with saying this in English. Oh, because it's so much better. <laughs> this is so good. It's so good. Don't throw a road. Don't throw a road for a smaller road. Okay? Seriously. Alright, kids. I think that might be where we leave it for today. Don't throw roads. Don't throw roads in general, but certainly not for a smaller one. So, I'm Jess. And I'm Mel. And this is Chocolate Chocolate Jam. Jam!